This message is from Family Worship Center. This message will not only build your life, but will make you experience the transforming love of God. Open up your heart and be blessed. Lord, I pray that your word will come out easily and simply and you'll be glorified. Help us this morning and teach us yourself in the name of Jesus. Be glorified here in Jesus' name. Um, 2 Corinthians chapter 4. I'm also going to read Hebrews chapter 11 as usual. Today is the last installment on, on um, loving God by walking with him. 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 7. But we have this treasure in earthen vessels, that the excellence of the power may be of God and not of us. We are hard-pressed on every side, yet not crushed. We are perplexed, but not in despair, persecuted but not forsaken, struck down but not dis destroyed, always carrying about in the body the dying of the Lord, the Lord Jesus, that the life of Jesus may be manifest in our bodies. For we who live are always delivered to death for Jesus' sake, and the, that the life of Jesus may also be manifest in our mortal flesh. This is amazing, awesome words. So then death is working in us, but life in you. And since we have the same spirit of faith, according to what is written, I believe, therefore I spoke. We also believe and therefore speak. Knowing that he who raised up the Lord Jesus will also raise us up with Jesus and will present, you with, present us with you. For all things are for your sakes, that grace having spread through the many may cause thanksgiving to abound to the glory of God. Verse 16. Therefore we do not lose heart. Even though our outward man is perishing, yet the inward man is being renewed day by day. For our light affliction, which is but for a moment, is working for us a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory. While we do not look at the things which are seen, but the things which are not seen. For the things which are seen are temporary, but the things which are not seen are eternal. Is that what your Bible said? Praise the Lord. Answer me, praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Uh -huh. um, Hebrews chapter 11. Hebrews chapter 11, and I'm going to read verse 5 and 6. But verse, five, verse 5, by faith, Enoch was taken away so that he did not see death and was not found because God had taken him. For before he was taken, he had this testimony that he pleased God. But without faith, it is impossible to please him. For he who comes to God must believe that he is and that he's a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. Praise the Lord. So in wrapping up this, this um, set, this series, this mini-series on walking with God, I'm concluding with the benefits of walking with God. The benefits of walking with God. But before I do that, I want to also lay, say something before that. That our text says that God rewards those who diligently seek him. I want you to know that God wants us to profit in everything we do. Whether it's in marriage, you're supposed to profit. As a business person, you're supposed to profit. As a worker, you're supposed to profit. Anything you are doing and there's no profit, you're wasting your time. Even the coming of Jesus Christ, he profited. He profited. The Bible says because of what he went through, God has given him a name. 
that at the name of Jesus Christ, every knee will bow. So anything you are doing and there's no profit in it, Aikimbanza, you're wasting your time. So God wants us to profit in all things. He wants us to profit in our relationships. You have a relationship that is a relationship that is sucking your energy and stressing you. That is not the will of God. That is not the will of God. God wants us to profit in everything. The text said, even in all of those things that, that Paul was going through in 2 Corinthians, he said that so that the life of Christ be, might be manifest. So in other words, even in suffering, there is profit. Even in suffering, even in going through things, who you are becoming is a profit. You are losing an old self and getting an old, a better self and a new self. So you lose impatience, you get patience. You lose um, complaining, you get thanksgiving. Because things will come that will, make, that will irritate you and all. But all along, you are becoming a better person, and that is profit. But even in material things, things we can see in the Bible, people who walked with God prof profited or were rewarded. The Bible says, Enoch walked with God, and he was not because God took him. Enoch walked with God, and God took him. That was an amazing reward, that you are in this hubri and the bustle and hustle of living, and then you just see yourself in heaven. And you are wondering, what did I do to deserve this? How did I come about this? When God rewards, he rewards exceeding abundantly above all we can ask or imagine. Is there anybody here who can say, God has so rewarded me, I'm amazed at who I am and what I've become. Anybody? More than what you ever expected. Is that the truth? That's how God does it. He does it. And you know, you may not have the big houses of the world or the cars and all, but you like the person you have become. You like the peace you have. You like the joy you have. You like the fact that you can laugh. You can, do you know that some people cannot laugh? Some rich people cannot laugh. But you can laugh and have tears come out of your eyes. Is there anybody here? So we have profited. And when God profits, when God rewards, it is exceeding abundantly above all we can ask or think. I never thought I would laugh as much as I have laughed in my life. I've never thought, I never thought I would have the peace I have. Like I told you, growing up I was, a, I was troubled. I was always miserable. I would just wake up and distress myself from bad thoughts. But today I wake up and I'm happy. I'm playing music. I'm dancing in my room and all. So we are, we are profiting well. And God has given it to us in excess measures. Especially if you're a woman here. You know you have more shoes than you ever dreamt you would have. True or false? You have more clothes you ever thought in your life you would have. You have more jewelry. You have every... And just the fact that you can sit down in your own house and dish out your food by yourself and eat what you want. That is a blessing. Because even the blessing to eat your own food and eat it joyfully is from God. There are some people that can, they have the money but they can't eat. They have the money but they are feeding them through tubes. So you are, the blessings of God comes in abundance and in excess. So Enoch was taken, Elijah walked with God and he was taken. Noah walked with God and he was delivered from destruction. Abraham walked with God. He obeyed and walked with God. And God made him the father of all nations. You don't even know the meaning of that statement. That the three major religions in the world are claiming Abraham. The Muslims say he's theirs. The Jews said he's theirs. And we say we are the sons, we are the children of Abraham. It's an amazing blessing to be. And then eventually, he was not only blessed, we are not only called that, but he is called the God of Abraham. 
And so you gain a lot. He's my God. He's your God. Razibri is my, is my God and he's your God. He's our God. If you don't come for prayer meeting, you won't understand that. <laughs> Praise the Lord. So God truly rewards, and he rewards in El Shaddai proportions. God wants a close walk with all of us, not a casual Sunday-Sunday relationship. So if you are here and you are just a Sunday-Sunday Christian, God is, God is still waiting for you. He wants more than that. I don't want to have a husband who comes to the house once a week. How many of you would like that? Or you see your wife in your house once a week, and she goes and comes back and changes her clothes and says, I've come. And then you say, babe, come in. And then you've come for this week. Okay, till I see you next week again. It doesn't happen. And in the way that we don't want a, a weekly relationship with one another, God does not want a weekly relationship with us. He wants a daily walk with us. Just like he used to come down and walk with Adam and Eve in the garden and just chat with them. He loves and enjoys fellowshipping with us. And anything that affects that work with him must be dealt with immediately and completely because God, must, God wants to work with us all the time. Praise the Lord. The work with God must be guarded jealously. If you catch this revelation from this series, I'll be so happy. I'll know that I've made a lot of progress and I'll know that I've profited. You see, all you need is in the presence of God. Because everything you need and who you are and you're making, you're building, you're everything is in the presence of God, the devil attacks it. It's the first thing the devil attacks. If the devil is going to take your finances or get you in an accident or get you sacked and all, it, it will not just sack you. If you check nine out of ten times, when people are in trouble, check what has happened to their secret place. The first place to check to begin to fix your life, rearrange everything that is going wrong, check your relationship. And you know, Pastor Ina was so strong on this. No matter what happened, no matter what the problem was in church, the first question Pastor Ina asked was, what is your, how is your devotional life? Because Satan knows it's important. It's the first thing he attacks. So you must do everything within your power to guard, to guard your place, your secret place with, place with God because that is your place of power. That is your place of inspiration. That is your place of yourself, of knowing who you are. It is the place of knowing, having the sense of who you are. It is your only place of confidence. Where you go and nobody is judging or condemning you. It's in the presence of God. So if the devil is going to get you out, he will get you out from your, from your secret place. If the devil can succeed at getting you not to fellowship with God, he doesn't need to do anything again. Did you hear me? If he can just get you to not pray, to not fellowship with God, to not hear from God in the morning or in, in the morning or whenever, if he can get you out of that place, he, he will not follow you again because he has done the major work. The rest, demons, little little demons can do them. In fact, the rest, you yourself will trip yourself. Did you hear me? Left outside the presence of God, you will collapse. See what happened to Adam and Eve now? It was one encounter with the devil to take them from the presence of God, from what God had told them. And their lives and our lives are never the same again. If you can get this point, I'm good. The fact that if God can take, if the devil can take you out of God's, the presence of God, he doesn't need to do anything again. He has finished with you. He is done with you. So when things go wrong in your life, don't, don't, don't blame God. Don't wonder. Just check what is happening in my place of fellowship with God. 
What is happening with my Bible reading? What is happening with my praise? What is happening with my, with my worship? What is happening to my fellowship in church? What is happening to my relationship with God? That is where everything, the, that, the success or failure of your life hinges on that. Have I made the point? Do you understand that? You understand what we have to always check when things go wrong? When things are wrong with your children, check your fellowship with God. When things are wrong with your business, check. Not, not, don't say that person cheated you. No, that person cheated you because you didn't wait in the presence of God. The person, you enter pyramid scheme because you didn't wait on the Lord. Anything that goes wrong in your life, the problem started from the presence of God, that you were not there. Did you hear me? Because if we wait on him, we walk with him, we will have 100% success. Praise the Lord. I want you to know that in our walk with God, there will be problems, there will be challenges, there will be hindrances on the way. So we must be alert and ready to deal with them and overcome them so that we continue this journey. And the thing about the journey with God is not a one-day thing. It's not a sprint. It's a marathon. When you think you have overcome one demon, another one will come. So new levels, new devils. All the time, throughout your life, you cannot say, oh, eh, my husband died or my child died. I cannot experience something more difficult than that. Another thing will come. I'm sorry I'm, I have to say this to you. Because the religion that tells you that because Jesus Christ died and, every, and rose again, everything is okay. You are seated with Christ in heavenly places. Nothing, it's not true. It's not true. All of those things are true. And you are seated with Christ. Jesus died and rose and all. But the Bible says in this life you will have tribulations. So you need to be prepared for the tribulations. And say to yourself, no matter what happens, I'm walking with God till the end of my life. So we, we will have challenges and all, but we must walk with God to the end. We want to hear him say, well done, thou good and faithful servant on that day. Anybody wants to hear that that day? Hallelujah. And so we must walk with him to the end. At this point, I would like to share with you a very interesting story I came across while doing this study. And um, it drove this point home on our encounter, what we'll encounter at the way. Pastor Jenkinson Franklin shared the story of one Peter Jenkins who wrote a book in 1973 entitled A Walk Across America. The book was written in 1973 by one Peter Jenkins and Peter told his story. So Peter decided to walk across America. Americans can do that once in a while. They just decide, I want to see from Kano to Lagos and I want to go by road or I want to go. They choose a, a, a method and they decide to People do such adventures in life, and they decide to do that. So this Peter decided he was going to walk across America. He traveled for 5,000 miles. 5,000 miles is 11,000 kilometers. It took him five years to complete it. And the point here is that anything you are going to do to, make an, to, to create history or to, to make an impact is not a one-day thing. So it, it took him ten, five years to do that. He worked jobs along the way to support himself. So he would stop maybe in Kano, take a job, take some job and all, just to support the journey because he needed the money. He carried a 70-pound backpack. 70 pounds is 31.8 kg. He walked through the Appalachian Trail, which is like from the eastern, it's a hiking trail in the eastern United States, extending between Georgia and Mount Katadin in Maine. So he walked through all those places. He walked through New Orleans, West Texas, through the Rocky Mountains, and he walked through blizzards, storms of snow. 
He went through heat of up to 120 degrees. He was attacked by animals, by dogs. He was beaten by snakes. Are you hearing me? That was, that was the history of his journey. He was hit by a car once. And his dog with whom he was traveling was hit, was knocked over and killed by a car. He was mugged by people mugging him three times. And he was stabbed once. He was cheated. If you can name any calamity, it happened to him. Doesn't that sound like the Christian race? That it is poverty, lack, it is misunderstanding, it is a bad marriage, it is children with sickle cell. It's one thing or the other. Who knows what I'm talking about? And so all these things happened to him. At the end of the journey, he was asked, what was the one thing that made you want to give up along the way? Can you, can you imagine what he said? He answered, sand in my shoes. Sand in my shoes. It wasn't the big things. It wasn't the snake bites. Because for me, if I saw one snake, that would have been the end of that journey. It wasn't the snakes. It wasn't the car. It wasn't even the death of his dog, which was the closest thing to him. It was sand in his shoes. That got my attention. It wasn't the big things. It was the grains of sand. In our work with God, it's not the big things that get us. Because we can understand and explain them. If it's a death, you know it happens to everybody. If it's accident, you can explain it. If it is water that comes, that floods your kitchen or floods your bedroom, you can understand that. Anything that comes from the external, from the outside, you can understand it. It happens to everybody. And so you can live with it. But it's the little, little things. Songs of Solomon chapter 2 verse 15. Songs of Solomon chapter 2 verse 16, verse 15. It says, catch for us the foxes. The little, little foxes that ruin the vineyard. Our vineyard that are in blossom, that are in bloom. Okay, I don't know what version that is, but the one I'm reading is this. It says, catch for us the little foxes that, that ruin the vineyard, our vineyard that are in bloom. So your life may be in bloom, things may be happening, but if you do not catch the little, little foxes, the sand in your shoes... They are going to stop you from the journey. Can, can you imagine that the only one thing that made that man want to go out was the sand in his shoes? And what are the sands, the sand in our shoes as Christians? Is the little things that get us. The hurt. The offenses. The unforgiveness. The anxieties. The worries. The cares of this world. I don't have this, I don't have that, I need this. The disappointments, the delays, pressures that begin to grind in our spiritual shoes and hinder our walk. Little by little, you are offended today, you are angry today, you don't come to church. You are offended, you are hurt, you don't read your Bible. Before you know it, you are not reading your Bible, you are not praying because there are little sands, grains of sand. I don't like what that person said. I don't like what this, I don't like how I feel. I don't like what happened to me. I'm disappointed. God should have done this. That could have happened. I was promised this. I thought I was going to make it by now. Little, little sands in our shoes. 
Anybody knows what I'm talking about? I don't know what the little sand is in your shoe this morning. But if you allow sand in your shoe, it's going to be irritating. I don't know. How many of you walk as exercise or run? Have you noticed that if a pebble enters your shoe, you have to stop? You have to stop because that pebble will worry you. It will make the journey uncomfortable until you sit down somewhere, remove your tennis shoes, shake it. In fact, sometimes you have to remove your socks and, and clean in between your and put it or else you will not work. There is that hurt in your life. There is that bitterness. There is that anger. There is that anxiety. There is that worry. There is that thing that is every time you begin to read your Bible, it pops up. I can't believe she said that. You begin to pray, it pops up. And have you noticed sometimes you are so angry at something you stop praying or you were worshiping you stop singing because the devil will bring anything to put sand in your spiritual work so this year I'm determined and, and normally when I begin to feel like that I sit down and ask myself what's going on I'm not feeling right what is happening to me it happened just yesterday I was just miserable at the point and thank God that Reggie came and I said let me be honest with you this is what is going on this is what I feel and I removed that sand and we prayed together. We bowed in my room and prayed for over 30 minutes. And the sand was removed. There, is, there are certain sands in your life you've been managing with. And you come to church, but you are grumpy. You are not happy. And all, because there is sand in your shoe. And it will stop you in the journey. Those little, little hurts. Offense. Pastor did this. Pastor said that. Pastor did this. And God forbid that a human being, you so reduce your journey with God to a human being and he stops you from going to heaven. And as you are complaining, that human being will be at the right hand of God because he doesn't know he has forgotten and you will go to hell because you held something against them. Every time you see that person, they are laughing, you are angry with that person and the person doesn't have a clue. The sand is not in their shoe, it's in your shoe. Many Christians have sand in, their shoe, sand in their shoes. I want to, to say to you this morning that anything that hinders your work with God is not a little thing. It's big. So you must talk with Jesus and let him help you. Only Jesus can remove sand. You remember he was the one who sat down. He told them sit down and then he stooped and put the towel around his waist and washed their feet. Every time you feel sand in your shoes, you must take it to Jesus and let him remove it. And settle everything with everybody so that you can walk this race. Have I spoken to anybody this morning? There is really nobody worth it in this life to disturb you. Seek help from trusted Christian friends because you cannot afford not to continue this journey. You can't stop. And you know, at the end of the, the day, he completed, that man, Peter Jenkins, completed his journey because he kept taking care of the sand. First, he identified the problem. He identified what it was that was stopping him. You have to identify it all the time. Don't be carrying bitterness and carrying and say, well, it doesn't matter, but you have not removed the sand. As long as that sand is there, it will not stop worrying you. So you need to deal with it and remove it. All the time, what that meant was that he sat down in many places and tried to remove the sand in his shoe. And that was why he carried that backpack, I'm sure. Because there are some tennis shoes that the sand will never go out. You have to change the shoe completely and change the socks completely. And that was why his backpack was 70 pounds or 31 kilo, kilograms because he needed tools to help him go along the journey. And we, our backpack 
is the fruit of the spirit. Love, joy, peace, goodness, kindness, and all. Our backpack is the word of God so that we know what to remove and apply in, in every part of the journey as we are going on. If you do not have that backpack, you do not have that Bible, you are in trouble because things will come that need help. So what are the benefits? I thought to share that with you because it really interested me and, and uh, I thought to share it with you. What are the benefits of working with God? Number one, it gives you access to God and brings you into a close relationship with you, with him. It gives you access to God and brings you into a close relationship with him. Access to the secret place of fellowship with God is a great privilege. Can I tell you something about access? Access means that you can come to that person anytime. You can talk to that person. You can be friends with that person, but never abuse it. Never abuse access and never abuse privilege. Never abuse privilege. Every time you go before God, you must worship him. You must praise him. You must thank him. Don't say, I came yesterday. I said the same thing. I sing the same song to God every day. Almost every day. Except almost every day I sing the same song. I go there and then the same protocol. I never take him for granted. Any day you begin to take that access for granted, you are going to lose it. And the thing about me, can I tell you, let me tell you a secret about me. So you know me. I will love you, love you, love you, love you, love you. I will call you, you will hang out with me, you will be my friend, you will do all of that. And when problem, when sun begins to get in our relationship, I will begin to tell you. I will tell you, tell you, tell you, tell you, tell you. And if you refuse to hear me, I shake you off. And the first thing I take away from you is access to me. Because access to my presence is a privilege. Just like access to other people's privilege, um, presence is a I never take access for granted. So if the thing is that important to me, I fix it. So the first thing I take off from you after is access, you will never sit in front of me again. Let me go to another person who will admire, appreciate it. Now God is not like me and I'm trying to be like God. Once in a while I will let you come, but it is never the same again. Because we... We, the Bible, did you read that place in 2 Corinthians? We carry the glory in, in, in earthen vessels. So it's just hard that after God has been so kind to us, we begin to take him for granted. The Bible says, if you honor me, I will honor you. But if you do not honor me, I will esteem you lightly. Have you read that in your Bible? That is what I just explained about myself. I will not, I will not give you the privilege of coming into, you will not sit with me anymore. So, I want us to treat, to guard jealously our access to God. And not, never, don't become familiar. Don't demystify God. Don't say, I'm used to him, I know him, I know how. God loves me and he will never stop loving me. And so you begin to trip all of the, over the place. God is better than that. So the first thing is access, guard that access. I love the fact that I can go to the presence of God at any time. Number two, what, number two benefit, you become a friend of God as you listen to him, he talks to you, and you talk to him, you can share deep things with God, you can tell him everything, where you, have, you build trust. And God can now even trust you to be a mouthpiece for him. He can send you on errands. And if you run errands for God, there, there are rewards. Let me give you a very simple example. If you are a Christian, a care group leader for instance, and you are doing your work well, you are in the presence of God, you are praying, you are waiting on the Lord, and in your care group, you pray for a woman who doesn't have a child and she gets pregnant. They will always come back to say thank you to you. And so, when you work with God, God rewards you and on earth you get reward. You, 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 you stand in the care group and you, you speak a word of knowledge. 
to somebody and the person say, oh, and God solved the problem, the person is going to, to love you forever. Imagine you are a care group leader and they bring a sickle cell child and you pray for that child and he gets healed. Most of the money that was used for medicine before, they'll begin to give it to you. Those are, Roman Bishara, the broth of the gospel. That as you are working for God, there are some broth you drink from working with him. And so if we really work as children of God, there, you know, there are big men of God, you, you abuse them for nothing. <laughs> because some of them, they have solved a problem for a billionaire. And the billionaire will decide to buy a plane for him. And you don't see him with the plane, you begin to abuse, you say he's taking from the church. He's not taking from the church. A lot of them don't take from the church. It's from the gift, using the gift of God to run errands for God, that God uses the people he has blessed to. It happens to me. People bless me for the impact I've made in their lives. So in working with God, you make impacts in people's life, and they bless you in return. And in the life to come, we will also be blessed. So there are great rewards in Walking with God. Number three, as you fellowship with God, his nature rubs up on you and you become like him. You become a spiritual force so that he, as he is, you become like him. You, you, God's nature, God's peace, God's power, God's grace, God's prosperity, God's everything, his whole nature is deposited in you as you walk with him. And now you can be like him in this world. The Bible says as he so are we? So if we are not doing like God, it's because we have not stayed in his presence long enough to let his nature rub off on us so that we can be like him. But the goal is to be like him. Please put up for me 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 18. 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 18. Let's read it together. Everybody, but we all with unveiled face, beholding as in a mirror the glory of the Lord, are being transformed into the same image from glory to glory. Do like him. Hallelujah. Jesus Christ said, I and the Father are one. That should be our, that we come to a point where we and the Father are one. Praise the Lord. Number four, walking with God brings about holiness and continuous sanctification that is required for great impact. Please put up for me 2 Timothy chapter 2 verse 20. 2 Timothy chapter 2 verse 20 to 22. Walking with God brings about holiness and continuous sanctification, which is required for great impact. Okay, look at this. But in a great house, there are not only vessels of gold and silver, but also of wood and clay, and some for honor and some for dishonor. Verse 21. Therefore, if anyone cleanses himself from the letter, he, from the dishonor and the other negative things, he will be a vessel of honor, sanctified and useful for the master. God does not use unsanctified vessels. If you are unsanctified, for instance, you are taking money in the office, you are stealing from the office as a boss, you, God does not get any glory from you. And the people know that you are not working right. They will be talking behind your back. You are not giving God any glory. So, but if you are sanctified and useful for the master through holiness, then he can use you. Prepared for every good work. Verse 22. Flee. Also youthful laws, but pursue righteousness, faith, love, peace with those who call on the Lord out of a pure heart. So the pure heart, faith, love, peace, and walking in holiness gives you impact. I've, I said before, if your life is clean, your voice is clear, and people will listen to you. So you need to be, you need to be a strong person, a clean person. And only in walking in God, with God can we maintain that level of holiness. You cannot look into God's face and still look at sin. When you are clean, you will be a person that God can use mightily. Number five, in his presence, God will give you witty and creative ideas. 
Can I tell you something about prayer? Prayer is not getting things from God. When you go into God's presence, what he gives you is ideas. I have, God has given me mind-boggling ideas in this period of fasting. By just kneeling down and praying, ideas will come that will solve major problems. And that is how God works. That's what prayer is supposed to do. If you just, prayer is not just um, gym, gym, gym. It is when you pray, you get answers for the day. You get answers for problems. You get, you see, prayer will give you ideas of setting up a business. It will give you ideas of solving a riddle. It will do amazing things. And it happens in the presence of God. There are some things God has solved for me in this days of prayer and fasting but and that is what prayer is supposed to do it will give you ideas it will solve problems it will it will give you creative god's creative ability will come there's a king in the bible in his days he was able to do warfare i think i listened to pastor Pojo preach this in Wafbeg, where the people when the people came god gave him idea of how to stand and wage a warfare to where they were throwing spears and like guns in those days. And while these people were coming with stone, these guys were shooting from every, way, every which way because God told them in prayer. They asked God and God gave them that strategy. In the presence of God, there are strategies. There are strategies. There are ways. Razibri, God will solve a mystery for you in law, in a case, in cases that will shock you. You don't even need to go and read all those big, big books first. You go to God's in fact, you go to God's presence, he will tell you which book to read, which chapter. You open it, bam, the thing will be there. Or God will just give you one witty idea by staying in his presence. Oh, what peace we often forfeit. All because we do not carry it to the Lord. And so in his presence, you, he will give you creative ideas. God will show you how to solve problems, create things, and amazing ideas. Number six, you will not have many needs or you may not have any needs at all. Your needs will be met. You know, uh, Matthew chapter 6, verse 33, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things will be added to you. I never pray for any of my needs because I don't have any. God meets all my needs. I was telling Auntie Reggie yesterday, when my account begins to get to a certain point, I begin to feel a little irritated. And you know, this week I need to solve some people's problems. And I was going to go to one of my accounts and collect my money because I'm having a problem with the account. While I am thinking it, an alert comes into my telephone. Like things you don't even imagine. You don't even think. That is what happens when you walk with God. Why, before you think of the problem, he will solve it. So those who, if you're always needing something, it's because you are not staying in his presence enough. If you're a needy Christian, it means that something is wrong with your secret place. Because everything you need is in the secret place. And when you take care of God, he will take care of your needs. Number seven, you will escape things other people fall by. Like Noah escaped the flood, Enoch was taken, and all of that. Where people fall, you will pass. What those people in, you will overcome. When you walk with God, you will not fall in the same traps people fall in. God will ensure that you are delivered. The Bible says in, in one trouble, he will deliver you. And in 10,000, what will he do? He will save you. So God will deliver you all the time. All the time. The Bible says the righteous man may fall seven times. But what will happen to him? He will get back up again. The Lord... Psalm, the whole of Psalm 91 is about God delivering you because you dwell in the secret place. 
if you look at that scripture, in the secret place is where destruction, trouble comes. As you are dwelling in the secret place. But in all of them, no matter how many the arrows, God delivers you. Amen? So God will deliver you. God will see to it himself that you are protected and delivered. Number eight, God will lift you up and set you apart from your peers. How many of you can look at where you are coming from and you say, God has lifted me above my peers. Let me see your hand. Let me see your hand. Very good. You can look at your clan, your family, your village, your, and you will see that God has set you apart. Why? Because you decided to walk with him. And the more you walk with him, the more he will set you apart. That there will be nobody, no, you, your peers will not be your competition. You will have no competition because you will be standing alone. Does anybody hear what I'm saying? And so if you can still look around and see that there are people like you, pray some more. Because until you stand out and you are completely different, you are not working well with God or you, are not, you have not completed the journey. Number nine, you will abound with blessings and testimonies because God will give you all you want. You will have no need of anything and God will ensure you are supplied for exceedingly, abundantly, above all you can ask or imagine. And the last point is, when you walk by faith, the reward is that you will please God. And when you please God, he gives you everything you need. Have you been ministered to this morning? It's a lot. Stand on your feet. It's time to go home. I want you to begin to pray. The sand in your feet. The sand in your shoes. The offense. The hurt. The disappointment. The anger with God. That he hasn't done all those things. The pain. Why did he allow that? Why did he allow this? Why? 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 Stand on your feet. Pray, I forgive, I release every pain, every hurt of the past. Some of you, your sand is your past. You can't let go of your past. I want you to know that your past has nothing to do with your future. You can create a new, a new future. Remove the sand so that you walk in the journey because there are so many rewards. There is a lot waiting for you. There is a lot in the presence of God and God wants to bless you. I don't want to go to heaven and they take me to your room and say, these were all the things that I had prepared for you, but there were, you never allow the sand. I want to collect everything so that I can be a blessing to other people too. Praise the Lord. Thank you for listening to this message. You will be blessed when you do the things that you have heard. You can make a brand new start in life by becoming a child of God. It's as easy as believing in your heart as you say the following prayer Jesus I thank you for dying for me Jesus come into my heart today and be my Lord and Savior I declare right now that I am born again in Jesus name Amen congratulations if you just said that prayer it is important that you join a Bible-believing church immediately so that you grow in knowing Christ. We would love to have you visit our church in Abuja, Nigeria. For more information about this ministry, you can visit our website at www.fwcabuja.org. God bless you. Family Worship Center. We care.